What do you typically feel first when you meet someone new? When you click with someone, are you feeling sexual attraction or is it romantic attraction that you feel first? Sexual. I think you're asking the wrong people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have to remember like how Kimberly and I met. Hello and welcome to Ethical Seduction, where we help you create the sex and relationships that you want, both in and out of the bedroom. So today, we're going to tackle the question of what should come first. Should it be sex or romance? Many people have different opinions on how chemistry or sexual attraction should really kind of fit in with compatibility. But is there a real answer on like how exactly you should do this? So we think there is, but we also think that it depends on really like what are you looking for? What are maybe, I don't want to say goals, but what are you after? And it's probably going to differ from person to person. So Ava is going to lead us on this topic today, and she's going to help us figure out what is best for you in your personal situation. Should you go after like chemistry and sexual attraction first or compatibility and romantic attraction? So I am your host, Stephen, and joining me today, we have Ava. Hello. And my wife, Kimberly. Hello. So, so we have an email that came from Sarah Salavai, and she's a listener that has written in once before from Romania, which we think is very kind of cool. And uh, she f- did a follow-up email. And as we started talking about it, and I was trying to address and kind of help her through some things, we thought like, well, this is another common topic I think a lot of people are going to ask about. So I said, hey, can we just you know, use your email as another example and kind of do a podcast episode around it. So, so she's agreed to let us share the email uh, on, on the recording. So uh, let me go ahead and read that, she says. An idea that's been running around in my head is that of compatibility versus chemistry. So for example, maybe I get along well and have chemistry with the girls that I was interested in, but perhaps we're not very compatible. I wanted something serious before exploring further sexually, whereas they wanted to explore their desires first before deciding if they wanted something more romantic. Are both avenues getting into a relationship valid? I think so, but this could start a good discussion. How can one better distinguish between romantic compatibility and chemistry, sexual desire, given that chemistry just tends to take over? So what can one do to take into account compatibility and not just be swept away by the emotions of desire? And I thought that was really, in a lot of ways, really well-written because it is like the emotions of desire. And I think one of the things she's kind of getting at is like, you, you know, yes, we feel the emotions and we do all that, but do we need to tap them down a little bit and tamper them and just go with our head and do what is logical in this relationship? So... Ava, I'm going to turn that all over to you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful message that I think we can spend some time breaking down. Um, when I listened to that response the first time, um, I really felt like it. there were three different sort of components to her message. And I figured that's that can be kind of how we we tackle this discussion. So I'm going to start with the first statement that I heard. So rereading just a little bit of that, the first statement is, an idea that has been running around in my head is that of compatibility versus chemistry. For example, maybe I got along well, had chemistry with the girls I was interested in, but perhaps we were not very compatible. So that statement specifically, first, I want to kind of reframe what I think I'm hearing here. Um, I feel like overall, what Sarah Sella is saying, what, what they're getting at is what if I'm more focused on 
emotional or romantic connection, then what if they're more focused on sexual connection? I feel like that's that's kind of what it boils down to, right? It is because I, I chatted with her a little bit and yes, she would really like, she really wants to have a, a room. She's drawn and she's attracted to people, but she would really like to like have a romantic kind of connection first before exploring the sex. And I think some of that is just like comfort level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like she's looking for like just one or the other. Right. But the focus, like the priority really rests on one versus the other. Um, so before we kind of dive into this first section, I just figured I would ask, I would ask both of you first, like, what do you typically feel first when you meet someone new, when you click with someone, are you feeling sexual attraction or is it romantic attraction that you feel first? It's sexual. I think you're asking the wrong people. <laughs> you, have rem- you have to remember well, like how- backwards. Well, yeah. You have to remember like how Kimberly and I met. Okay. Which is not maybe totally normal but totally cool but we ended up meeting like at a spanking party and so the way there was a game that's going on there and your number not your number but you'd roll dice whatever they pulled names out of a hat so it ended up being that kimberly and i got paired up and so i spanked her and just nothing hard nothing big deal but it was more like to meet (laughs) how to meet people at a spanking game right (laughs) and um so so anyway so that's how we kind of first really interacted, I think, because we had seen each other and said hi and stuff like that, but we didn't really have too much interaction, right? So we do that. I spank her. And then after that, then later, she's coming back and she's going like, hey, you know, thanks for spanking me. And that gets us into talking. And then we decided that we would just be sort of play partners, which is doing like something sexual. It's not full on sex, too. So Kimberly, you, do you want to talk about this part? Like what the difference is, like when we first started? Because that might be valuable to listeners too. So I think what Steve is trying to say is that we kind of started out backwards. He spanked me and then we started interacting as play partners. We negotiated the scene, but it wasn't necessarily fully sexual. Um, in the negotiations, I, he said, I think, I think you asked me, can I touch your pussy? And I said, uh, and he goes, if that's a, eh, that that's a no. And so that was like immediately off the table, um, which is interesting because it kind of intertwines with this idea of um, being interested in somebody like long-term kind of relationship wise, or at least the compatibility component. I actually didn't see him as somebody who I was going to be in this like romantic relationship with. So we, I kind of started off like, we're just play partners and having fun. And he's spanking me. That's typically, you know, my main kink. So um, he's spanking me, not really doing too much sexually. And then we were kind of like, okay, now we're friends and we're play partners. And the next thing, I don't know what was next, but I think kind of took it to the next level eventually. Well, I, I got to the point where I thought, by the way, you were looking at me that it was that you were interested at a certain point after like two or three months, you were interested in something romantic. And so I asked you about that. Do you, are things changing for you? You said yes. And so we only had sex, like sex, sex, penis, vagina, sex after that point. Right. But that isn't necessarily how I've always been my whole life. So it's just like different phases of life. I kind of approach things differently. And so as I got older, it really became more like, well, if I'm going to have, some kind of form of like 
sex with you, I guess I'm defining that as like one of us is having an orgasm, let's say that, touching genitalia. Therefore, I would really want to be more emotionally connected first. But in the past, I've been like, okay, you know, friend with benefits or one night stands, that works for me. But then as I get, I got older, I just wanted to start at that connection place. So my answer, like ultimately to this question is that it doesn't really matter which (laughs) one you start with, like, are you compatible and romantic with each other or the sexual attraction? It's just really what works for you. Um, and they're necess- there isn't necessarily like an answer to that because it's really based on like who you are and at what stage of life you're at and like those type of cool things. I do think it's interesting we had it staggered though, you know, that we were willing to do spanking first, right? And then later came more of like the date and the the full sex kind of stuff, you know? And then once we were at Target buying toilet paper, we knew we were a couple. (laughs) And we took a picture because we're like, hey, this is a big deal. We're like in Target together. Like that's, that's doing regular stuff. You're legit now. (laughs) Thank you, Target. (laughs) I like how you put that though, Kimberly. I mean, you guys, you guys kind of started off by saying like, you're asking the wrong people. Like we did it the wrong way. We did it backwards, but it's, I think it really just depends on like what, like you were saying, what are you looking for? What are your priorities? What stage of life are you in? Right. And I love that you called out that it can change, right? Like the way that you feel now, the way that you prioritize romance versus sex now is different than when you were younger, right? Different than in other stages, other phases of your life. Oh, I also think there's kind of a cultural component, right? For like the three of us in a room, all coming out of a kink community, like meeting at like a spanking icebreaker game like that is it's really like low low level sexual interaction I guess is what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. but it it doesn't feel serious it feels very casual right very non-commitment level low stakes type playfulness um which is very different than than how you were describing like more serious sexual activity, Kimberly, right? Like orgasms, touching genitalia, like those things aren't necessarily incorporated with spanking. So um, the stakes are different. The emotional investment is different. Yeah. I was just thinking like you were mentioning, oh yeah, Kimberly and I meet and it's a real kind of low key event where essentially they're trying to make a place where it's easy to kind of meet people, you know? Um, but, But if you're like meeting people, say online or you know, setting up a date or something like that, there's almost in some ways a little bit more seriousness to it, right? Because you're like, this might go somewhere. And that could even, that could raise the, I don't want to say the stakes, but it could raise the anxiety, could be a little bit scarier. Well, I feel like then your expectations are higher. So you have the possibility of kind of coming crashing down off of those expectations if they don't meet what you're thinking when you set the date up versus... Hey, let's talk because I uh, you spanked me a little the night before. I mean, well, it's like going speed dating as opposed to like getting right. set up on a like big fancy date for the first time, right? Like, right. A very different environment, right? Well, and you're probably wondering what is the other person thinking? Do they want sex or do they want the r- romantic relationship part first, right? And you really don't know until you kind of get in there and maybe find out more about them and ask. Yeah, but in, I think until that point though there's a little bit more maybe tension than say Kimberly and I like how we kind of met 
just kind of acknowledging that, that it, it can be a little scarier. I think when you are meeting somebody for the first time, one-on-one, you really don't know, like there's an expectation that something might happen and you're no, you don't know enough about the other person to really know if there will or not. Yeah. It can feel like higher stakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of things that I wanted to add to this part of the discussion and it, it really kind of all adds to Kimberly, what you've already kind of summed up for us really well, which is that different people have different needs and those needs can change, right? It's very fluid. Um, One thing that I learned in my time with my therapist is that in, this mostly applies to like cis heterosexual relationships, but men tend to need to feel physically connected first before they can connect with their partners emotionally. Um, yet women tend to need emotional connection first before they're interested in sexual connection. It's not like a one size fits all. Um, and saying that I'll admit like it doesn't, that doesn't apply to everybody. And it's also a very um, binary lens that that information was shared with me. So like, that's definitely not, uh, not the end all be all, but there is, there is a trend of that where, you know, sometimes one partner in the relationship may need emotional connection before they're interested in sexual activity. And for the other person, it may be the opposite. And that's okay. Like the point is that different people need different things to feel connected to others. And also just calling out that like people fall in and out of love at different rates. Not everybody falls in love at the exact same moment in time, right? Not everybody catches feels at the exact same moment. Just like when you're having sex with someone, you're not necessarily both going to orgasm at the same moment in time. And that's okay. Um, And also thinking through like sex drives change at different rates too. Like if you're in um, a different, a certain stage of your relationship, you might happen to have a really, really high sex drive and your partner might not, right? And how do you, how do you balance that? So like these things can change over time and and those things are okay. Um, It's just important, I think, to communicate with your partner or prospective partner, right? About where you are and what you want and the same for them. I think just being aware of what you want as much as possible ahead of time is going to benefit you a lot in the long run. Like that, I feel like is kind of like the ultimate takeaway from the first part of this message. Just be aware of what it is that you want. The more assertive that you can be about what you want and what you're looking for, the less time that you'll spend feeling things out with someone that might not be looking for the same stuff. So if you're looking to establish a romantic connection primarily first, just to be upfront about that, and if that's not what the other person's looking for, then that might not be the best match. I was going to ask about that. Okay, so I started thinking, like, just listening to you, okay, it's like, well, what if I know kind of what I want, but I like this other person? Like, let's say I want the romantic. I really want to have a romantic connection first, right? But I'm talking to this person, and I'm getting the sense that they really want more of the sexual part first, okay? So then I have to balance in my mind, like, okay, what what am I willing to do, and what am I willing, what do I, what am I not going to do? Like, where do I draw the line? And so do I do something sexual because I'm interested in them, and I would have the hope that it changes over to where I can get my romantic partners. Oh, that's such a good call out, Steve. Um, I think it's really, really, really important not to go along with something that you're not really interested in, in the hopes that it might turn into the thing that you are interested in. If the other person has already said, hey, I'm not interested in this thing that you're really chasing after, right? 
I've, I've been in that situation where like I have, I am wrapped around this person's finger. I am already like head over heels would do anything for this person. And they're just not that serious about like settling down, being in a committed relationship. Uh, but they're down to have fun, right? They're DTF or whatever the kids say now- nowadays, right? <laughs> and so like choosing whether or not to sort of compromise yourself and say, well, I'll take what I can get. And maybe eventually they'll see that they'll see that I'm worth it and they'll see that we do belong together in an emotional or romantic relationship. Um, I don't recommend that. I would say from personal experience, that has never worked out well for me when I have been in that position. <laughs> I was going to say like that's a setup for a crash and burn. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's different from the situation of like, yes, I am looking for a long-term relationship to settle down with somebody and share a home with them and and all of that. And this person that I'm talking to isn't looking for that. Um, but they'd be a really, really fun person to go out on dates with and just have fun with in the meantime. And I have room for that in my life while I continue to look for the person that I want to settle down and spend w- spend time with for the rest of my life. Like if you're open to that and have room for that in your life, there's nothing wrong with that. So long as you're not lying to yourself about trying to turn that relationship into a thing that they've already established, like that's not what I want out of it. Hey, so the flip side of that is let, let's say I really, I really just want to like have fun casual sex, all that kind of stuff, right? And Ava, you want to have the romantic relationship, right? If I go along with you and I'm like, well, okay, Ava's hot. I'm going to have the romantic relationship so that I can have the sex that I want, okay? So if I go through and do that, I'm kind of still shooting myself in in the foot. It's just not a good match, right? And so eventually, like, yeah, maybe I get the sex, right? We have the sex. Awesome. I got the sex, okay? But then it's like, then what the fuck? Okay. And I'm, I'm not going to be satisfied if you're pushing me all the time for a relationship. So I think either way, it doesn't matter which side you're on. If it's not compatible, you're going to be shooting yourself in the, uh, in the foot because there's going to be tension. You're going to be doing things you don't want to do, whether it is giving somebody a relationship or having sex with somebody you don't really want to. Yeah. And I think that that inauthenticity is going to come through. Like you're going to feel that unspoken tension in the relationship, even if you don't understand what it is, that inauthenticity was, it's going to come through. It's going to cause tension and it's, it's going to lead to problems. Like even if you're not actually talking about it, it's, it's still going to be felt. So Ava, I want you to stop using me for sex. Okay. <laughs> nice try, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's move on to the next uh, next part of the message here. So let me read the second piece. Second piece says, I wanted something serious before exploring exploring further sexually, whereas they wanted to explore their desires more first before deciding if they wanted something with me romantically. Are both avenues of getting into a relationship valid? And so, firstly, yes, I, I think that we would all agree. Like both avenues are absolutely valid. Um, does any, I mean, let me, let me back up. In my opinion, both avenues are valid. Do either of you feel differently or do you have any advice or thoughts on this one? Uh, the committee votes to approve this motion. (laughs) No. Yeah. That makes sense, Ava. So for me, I think what's really important to call out here is that it's not just about what you want, right? In the first message, we talked about like, be as aware as possible of what you are looking for, what you want, so that you can communicate that. But it's not just about what you want. It's also about how you are open to getting it, 
right? So you start with the what, what it is that you want, you identify that, and then you identify how do I want to achieve that? Um, that's also going to largely inform if you're spending time getting to know someone that is likely a good fit for you. So let me throw out an example that I have. Um, if I want to do a scene with someone that involves me having an orgasm, and I say that my goal for the scene is to have an orgasm, that might look like an hour or two of like sensual, sexual, feel good pleasure, you know, and wave after wave of climax, like ooh la la, like that sounds amazing, right? Or it might look like an hour or two of edging and orgasm denial and a single orgasm at some point during the last five minutes. Or it might look like a spanking scene for the first hour or two and a really intense forced orgasm for the last few minutes. Um, you know, and maybe any, maybe I'm open to any of those options. Like maybe all of those things sound like a great time, but maybe one of those things sounds absolutely terrible, right? Like I, I think if, if Brandy were here, she would probably tell us the one about like edging the entire time. She'd be really frustrated about it. I don't think she'd be happy with that option. <laughs> right? Right. Does anybody else feel right. that way? So I think like the way that you go about it, like how do I want to achieve the thing that I'm looking for? Like it's really important to be able to describe that and communicate that to the person that you're talking to. I think one caveat from what we were saying earlier that kind of comes up when you're talking about this last part is I guess I'm kind of backing away from what I'm saying in terms of like you have to be on the same page for what you want sexually or romantically and you can't be willing to I guess um you know give in but what if for example this is what it sounds like she's saying in the last question the one person is more thinking like oh yeah I want a relationship but I really need that sexual part first I feel like in that case I'd be like okay that's fine because we're like ultimately looking for the same thing having the same goal but we aren't necessarily needing to start it off the same way. Like you could compromise, I feel like in that case. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Like you can compromise if that's something that you're open to. And, and maybe the person that wrote in is open to compromising in that way, but also maybe not, right? Maybe mm -hmm. the romantic connection is really important in order for them to trust someone else enough to be vulnerable enough to, to do anything sexual with them, right? So I think it just right. depends on what it is, depends on the people involved. Um, and again, I feel like that's why understanding the, the how are you open to getting it is so important. If you are open mm -hmm. to compromising and exploring things sexually first, if you know, you know that you're both ultimately looking for a romantic relationship in the end, that's great. But if the whole reason why the romantic connection is important first is because in the past, you've had sexual relationships and gotten burned really badly, then that would be understandable if you didn't want to compromise in that way. Right. And I think that's where she's coming from because she, she and I have chatted some. Okay. And so I think it is like, no, she's had the sexual relationships with people. And then because it's not turned romantic the way she wants or whatever, then I think there's maybe a sense of rejection. This is me potentially reading something into it, you know, but there's that then you're getting rejected, right? So you're romantically rejected. So then I think it's like, well, shit, you know, why did I have, not necessarily why did I have sex with them, but it's like, you know, you started to go down this path and then it just didn't pan out and then you feel bad about it or she feels bad about it, I think. I can, I feel like I can relate to that. Like it's frustrating putting, putting the time and the energy and the effort and the emotional investment into something and then not getting that return on your investment. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I did all the things. I thought I was supposed to get the happily ever after. Where's my happily <laughs> ever after, guys? 
what's going on. <laughs> and this is where I think you and Brandy, Ava, say like, oh, I hate like the whole dating scene. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Because of the amount of energy and effort. And then when yeah. it doesn't pan out the way you want it to, you're like, well, shit, that was a waste of time and effort. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, like, I, I really don't think it is a like, quote unquote, waste of time, right? Like, if you're going to go out and connect with others, like go out and connect with others, go on a social adventure, like, go be spontaneous, try new things, have new experiences, like do all the things. Absolutely. Uh, it's just I only have so many spoons to spend in a day and I want to spend them well. Mm-hmm. But right. let me add something there. Okay. So I do think, and it's not just me, I think I've kind of picked up on this from other people that talk about like flirting and dating and things where I'll, a lot of, every time you go out with somebody, you have a learning experience from it. Okay. So yes, that person might not have worked out, but if you view that as like, oh, that was a waste of time, then you might have a sense of loss. Okay. Um, if you view it as like, what did I learn? You know, did, did I enjoy my time with that person? So when, if I, when I've gone out with people, okay, it's like, even if we don't kind of click a hundred percent, it's usually like, I enjoy the time with them. You know, it's like, it's a date or something like that. It's a few hours. Okay. And you're sort of finding out about this person. Right. But then it's like, there, there's going to be interesting stuff about them. I think, you know, for the most part. So after me investing a few hours, um, if it's nothing more than I met a cool person, I'm kind of cool with that. But the other thing is like, I learned from the experience. So I think just doing the dating thing, just, you know, going out and doing it, it is sort of a process. The more people you go on dates with, the more experience you're going to have, right? So therefore it's going to help you make better decisions down the road. So I agree with you, Eva, it's not a waste. It is time and effort and energy, but I think it's like, if you can look at it in the bigger picture, then you, you may be able to enjoy it more. I like it. I never had any kind of problem with it, but I also understand. I think I'm a little bit in the minority, at least amongst us right here. That you've never had any nightmare dates before? Uh, <laughs> I can't think, I, honestly, I can't think of any horrible nightmare dates. And maybe that's, that could be because I'm a guy too, right? I've not gone, I, I think this is something else I want to cover another time, but it's like, I've not gone out to go meet somebody and they turn out to be totally different than what they presented themselves, right? Where I think a lot of women have had that experience, you know? So I've not had a, a, a lot. I mean, by the time I'm getting together with somebody, it's like, I've chatted for a while, you know, I already know I'm kind of interested in them. I'm not going to take the time to go get together with them until I know there's, there's something interesting and it's going to be worthwhile, you know, having that, that time. So yeah. anyway, the, the piece that I'm thinking of is like, if, if you do go on a date with someone and it is just like an absolute nightmare and it is feeling like an absolute waste of time and you're just, super fed up with how you spent your entire evening or whatever the case may be, um, you can still take away something from that, right? Like if the whole reason why the date was so terrible is because you have super, super opposing political views or because um, they made a crap ton of racist comments or whatever the case is, like, well, now you know, like now in the future when you're trying to make connections with someone, you can you can explore those topics with them before meeting with them in person, right? Like you you know what kind of information you want to gather before deciding if you want to meet with that person in person or not. Can I get an amen? <laughs> so, okay. So the, the whole point of what I was trying to tie back to with that, that second section of that message was, you know, at the end of the day, if the way that you want to move into a relationship that specifically involves 
developing emotional connection or romance with someone before sexual activity, you know, or vice versa, whatever the case is, it's a hundred percent valid and go ahead and call that out. It's important to talk about it and just be on the same page about, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And I really want to prioritize doing X, Y, Z first. And if that's a match with the other person, great. Or if it's not a match, but they're open to it, great. Or if it's not a match, but you're open to doing it their way, great. Right. But just being aware of how you want to get there and making sure that you guys are, are communicating it. Right. That's, I think that's going to be crucial. All right. Transitioning into the last piece of the message here. Let me read this final piece out loud. How can one better distinguish between romantic compatibility and chemistry, sexual desire, given that chemistry tends to take over? What can one do to take into account compatibility and not just be swept away by desire? This part to me sounds like a confusion of, is this love or just really good sex? Because of new relationship energy or NRE. Did either of you feel like this piece was about NRE when you were reading this message? I did not. Really? I took it, well, it could, you could totally be right, okay? But I took it more as like, um, you know, they're just now meeting this other person and that other person is fucking hot, right? And so you're feeling like the attraction, like like this person's really cool, they're, you know, sexy and all this kind of stuff. And you're getting those emotional things that are like telling you like this person, like they're, they're something, but then not knowing about the the romantic part. So I was kind of just thinking of Ava, just, I think earlier, like, Hey, we just met, you know, and already I can't think straight because you're so good looking kind of thing, you know, <laughs> and just I, feeling those I don't kind know. of things. I think it's more new relationship energy. Do you want to give a quick definition of what new relationship energy is? You know, when you get in a new relationship or you're starting to date someone, you're like super excited about them. They can do no wrong. They're amazing. You're on this like cloud nine with them. That can, what she's saying or what I think she's saying is that can really obscure kind of like whether or not you're actually compatible (laughs) because you're not really thinking straight with that new relationship energy going on. Yeah, your brain goes out the window mm-hmm. and you just yeah. get because and that's the interesting thing you like and it's just as as she writes okay it's like your emotions kind of overrun everything and you can't really think straight and i kind of love that our brains and our bodies do that you know it's kind of interesting but it's like you know literally it's like you're so kind of not out of it into it that you can't see any of the red flags or some of the other things you know? and it's very hard to kind of separate like what is my attraction versus what is my like more logical way of thinking and and seeing things i love how you how you comment about how how much you like it and how good of a thing it is and then immediately follow it up by like yeah it's so great you can't see any of the red flags (laughs) it is no it is well, and I think there is a blind, I think that that goes on, like that's, I think the way we're wired as people, right? So you fall, you get into a relationship and there's a period of time that is, you know, I'm going to say, bet- I don't know when it exactly starts, but let's just say after a month or so, you're into this person and you can't really think straight potentially up to like a year. Okay. And what is your body and your brain doing? Right. And so you're, you're, you are kind of wired to like, you know, get together and have kids and, you know, procreate and have kids. Right. And so if you think clearly that might not happen. So your, your brain, and your body, there's a, a part of us that is like, 
you know, fuck this shit. Like we're going to like get together with this person. We're going to only see the good things, you know, and we're going to make this happen. And we're only going to have positive thoughts from now on kids, you know, come on, here we go. And so your brain doesn't function the way it normally would other times. And you get really into this thing. Now, part of that I think is, is that it feels awesome, right? You're like in love and you connect with this person. And that bonding aspect I think is really important, but I think, and I don't understand all the details of it. You can't be trusted to be thinking clearly. We've got to shut some stuff down so that you cannot see through the fog of love, you know, and therefore you connect with this other person. So it, in my mind, it makes sense in the big picture, but it's interesting that in order for it to work, we've got to shut down your brain a little bit. It's so interesting to me that you started using the word love or being in love, because the way that I have always thought about it is that new relationship energy, as much fun as it can be, as as, as many like warm and fuzzies that, that you can feel experiencing NRE, um, that is very different than the the quote unquote love that you'll feel once the NRE has worn off, right? How many of us have been in a relationship where we feel like we're head over heels in love while we're experiencing NRE and when the NRE wears off and that brain fog kind of clears out and then you notice the red flags or you notice the things that are kind of annoying about them and then you realize like, oh, I'm not I'm not as in love as I thought I was. And then you either have to choose like, is this actually a good long-term fit for me? Um, or maybe we weren't as good of a fit as we thought that we were, or if you are, and you just have to put a little bit more effort into developing that love and maintaining that love every day, right? Like for me, I don't trust whether or not I love someone until after the NRE has worn off. Well, while I'm still experiencing NRE, I just assume that it's all fun and games. I try not to make any of those like really hard, like life changing decisions of like, will you move in with me? while I might still be feeling NRE, because guess what? I did that once. I think I was like 19. It didn't end well, by the way. Did not end well. <laughs> Two months into our relationship, will you move in with me? Did not end well. Um, so I think NRE can be really, really amazing and feel so good and have so many benefits when you're early on in developing a relationship with someone. But it also comes with some risks. Like if you're making really important decisions life-altering decisions like making babies, getting married, moving in with each other, sharing finances. When you're still in that NRE stage, when that wears off, that's when you really know the strength of your relationship because it has your relationship hasn't really stood on its own until after you get out of the NRE phase. Just don't do it. Just don't make any decisions while in NRE. Let me just tell you right now. Just don't do it. Just be like, I'm going to wait till I'm back on the ground. Because I feel like at this point, like I know if I have NRE going on or not. And so I'm just like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this. So like, that's just, and just enjoy the NRE though. I'm not saying like, don't enjoy it. Like, cause it's fun. Yeah. It's not yeah. bad. Yeah. You, yeah. You should revel in it. Just mm -hmm. realize that you're like drunk and should not be able to think straight. You can't think straight. So don't take any tests, you know, just, you know. Um, but I do think, so Ava, you kind of put love is like after the NRE. Did I hear you say that? Or? Yeah. I mean, that, that is when, if I feel like I'm experiencing love, that is when I know that I can trust that feeling. That's okay. when I know that yeah. it's not just being masked by NRE. Yeah. I, I've always heard it and I've always thought of it, I guess, as love maybe happens during the NRE phase two, like you just get to, so to me, love is like when you're like, I, this point, this person is important to me and I sort of need them. And when you get to that point of like, this person is, I really, you know, rely on them. 
I think a lot of times that's in that NRE phase when you start to kind of feel that. Okay. But it's, um, it's almost, I don't want to say it's a different type of love, but it kind of is. It's like later, like what you're talking about, you can see clearly, you know? And so then it's like, you're really, I've always heard it described as a separate kind of phase, but I've, I've heard it both phases are love, but the later version of love is whatever the, the more real, you know, because you do see the person's flaws and then you have to make those decisions of like, do, you know, am I going to stay with them? Do I really like them? Are we really benefiting each other? And it's maybe, I think what I've heard is it's a more mature version of love, but I tend to think of it as both. Yeah. Old relationship energy is that like slow burn, right? And this might, this might be getting a little bit off topic, but I, I always think of love as a verb, right? Love is something that you choose to do every single day. Today, I choose to get up and love my partner or love my, my family. And tomorrow, I choose to love them. And the day after, I choose, it's every single day, it's a choice. Um, and the thing is, is that when you have new relationship energy, you don't have to choose. It's a given. Love is like a drug, right? Where they like, they give you like the sample for free. That's the NRE, right? And then the NRE wears off and it's like, okay, now you have to pay for it. Now you get to see all of the flaws, all of the things that annoy you, all of the things that are not perfect. And you choose to love them anyway. Crack love. NRE is crack love. Yes. Yes. That's where the investment really happens though, is the, is when you transition into that old relationship energy, that's the real investment. That's when you're choosing to continue to love someone when you can clearly see the whole picture. When is the sex better? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> do you feel like it's different? Yes. There's yeah, I do. NRE sex and what? O. Old relationship energy, ORE sex. ORE, that's the term that I've been I've been taught. Um, I feel for me personally, I feel like new relationship energy, um, like sex in that phase is more, more just about like the physical sensation, right? More just about like let's have the fun stuff, let's do the exciting stuff, let's do the exploring. You're in more of like an exploration phase with this newer partner, right? Um, so it makes sense that you're exploring things sexually and that can be a lot of fun. But in the old relationship version, what I have learned in, in my journey personally is it's okay to slow down. It can be fun to slow down. Being more intimate, being slowing things down to be more intimate to be more sensual can actually be a better experience. And I never knew that until, I don't know, maybe the last like four or five years, it was always about like, give me the really, really fun, exciting, like rough stuff, right? But being in a more developed relationship and slowing things down and enjoying more intimacy and not just fun, sexy shenanigans, like that, that can be really deep and really gratifying too. Let me go back to the, this question. Um, so she, I have a question about this for you, Ava. She says like, okay, how can one better distinguish between romantic compatibility and chemistry, sexual desire, given that chemistry tends to take over, what can one do to take into account compatibility and not just be swept away by desire? Now we just talked about NRE that said, and we said the uh, crack love is going to take over. You're not going to be able to think state think straight you're going to be swept off your feet by desire you can't fight this in some ways okay so where you know she's asking she's like what can somebody do to take this into account 
do you feel like there is something you can really do to take it into account? Or do you just have to like surf that wave of NRE and not deal with it, but that you're not going to think straight and you into a certain level, you can't, you know, or, or is there, do you have tips on like things you can do to kind of check in and keep yourself grounded? Yeah, I do not have a perfect solve for this one, but I do have advice. Um, and my advice is similar. It's in the same vein of what Kimberly was saying. Kimberly's advice was like, don't make any important decisions when you're in NRE. Just don't, don't do it. Um, my advice is decide ahead of time before you get into a relationship, do some work on yourself right now, do some reflection right now to decide what am I willing to compromise on and what am I not willing to compromise on when I am in NRE. So that when you are in NRE and you are not thinking straight, you have already literally written down the things that you know you are not willing to compromise on. I know that I'm not going to ask a person to move in with me until at least a year into the relationship. Write down those things that you are and are not willing to compromise on so that when you get that head over heels, swept away by desire feeling, you can have fun in that headspace and you can play and, and really enjoy that that NRE experience with that other person without compromising your values and without compromising your beliefs. So you can enjoy it, enjoy the experience for what it is without having to worry like, is this love? Is this not love? I don't know. Like just enjoy, enjoy it for what it is. Worry about the rest of that later because you've already established like, here's the stuff that I'm not going to make decisions on until after I get past this phase. Hey, so let me repeat this back to you and tell tell me if this is kind of what you said, okay? okay. Kimber, Kimberly's advice is like, hey, man, slow down. Like, you don't need to rush into this thing. And then I think from what you're saying, though, too, Ava, is like mixed in there. It's like, be aware of what it is that you want. You know, the better you know yourself beforehand, the, the, the better decisions you're going to make. And then maybe you check in with yourself periodically. So you're like, yes, I really like, you know, fucking in crack love with this person. And really like them a lot, but are they hitting those things that I know that I also really want? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so you're doing, so if it's like one is don't go too far too fast. And the other is like check in periodically to see like, are they doing what I know I was kind of really interested in? Yeah. I mean, if what you are looking for is X, Y, Z and what you're experiencing is, you know, X, O, F, then maybe that's not the right fit, even though it might feel really good in this moment. Right. But if they're, if they're not meeting the criteria that you wrote down that are your basic needs in your relationship, even if it feels really good, that's a signal that mm, maybe maybe you don't need to end the relationship, but maybe you don't take it any further, right? What if I don't have anything better? Do I just continue the relationship on until something better comes along? I think that depends on the type of relationship. I mean, if this is yeah. just like a dating buddy or if this is just a fucking buddy, right? Like low emotional stakes. I, I say no harm, no foul. But if you're dating someone that, you know, you're wanting emotional commitment from and you're not getting it, but you stay in the relationship anyway, because you don't have anything better than that, that that's probably, what did you say earlier, Kimberly, that that's going to explode or something like that's That's not going to end well. Right. So to wrap things up here, quick summary. One, different people want different things. That's totally valid. Be sure that you know what you are looking for, such as a romantic relationship or a sexual relationship or a platonic companionship, etc. cetera. Um, and ask what they are looking for to ensure you're connecting with people that want the same thing as you. 
Number two, different people take different paths to pursue what they want for a variety of different reasons. Um, some folks want to ensure sexual compatibility before investing their emotions. Others may want to be friends first before exploring anything else. Um, that's also, again, totally valid. Be sure you know how you would like to go about something and uh, or prioritize something and just be sure to ask them the same. Know how you want to get it or how you're willing to compromise to get it. Um, also, new relationship energy is a thing. It's easy to misinterpret love for NRE, um, or like Steve was phrasing it, like it's easy to misinterpret one type of love for another. Um, so just be sure to establish some boundaries for yourself before you find yourself in a situation that may involve NRE. Um, but don't feel like you need to avoid new relationship energy altogether because there's a lot of pleasure and enjoyment to take advantage of there. So you should experience it. I hope everybody does. It's pretty amazing. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, um, please follow us on your podcast player of choice, Spotify, Apple, whatever you choose. We are Ethical Seduction. Um, if you are on Apple and you want to leave us a review, we would appreciate that. They value those reviews, and it also helps other listeners that uh, go through and read it and decide if they feel like listening to us. Um, we also have our website, ethicalseduction.com. There's different material on there. So if you're like interested in flirting, seduction, meeting people, you know, how do I do something, check out the website. You can find some of the older episodes. You can find some of the blogs. We have lots of material on that. And we are also on Instagram, Facebook, that like things like that for social media if you'd like to follow us. Ava, Kimberly, thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Keep on creating the sex and the relationships that you want.